So I believe you should know by now, but I am a very spiritual person. Topics like spiritual awakening, healing, trauma, therapists, inner child, shadow work. This is really my day-to-day jam. So that's why I'm so excited to bring today to the podcast Hilal, who is a coach and a healer, and he's going to help us put these terms like spiritual awakening and healing, all of these complex topics in some really easy definitions and steps. And I believe by the end of the podcast, it's going to be much more tangible. As always, this interview was recorded on Zoom, so I hope that the audio is good enough for you to have a good experience. And yeah, I really look forward to the time where we could have these conversations also in person. But until then, I really hope that you meet this podcast with an open mind and start asking yourself some questions because I know it's complex and I know that it's a topic that people rarely talk about, to be honest. But after 2020, I feel like more and more to us are looking for the bigger meaning, the understanding, finding some kind of comfort in the world. And my intention for this podcast episode is to bring it for you. My name is Vihra. I'm your host at the Authentic Life Design Podcast, a podcast where we speak about how to design a life based on your terms, how to understand yourself better, and also express an authentic, your authentic being into your work and communication with others. Get yourself ready and let's dive into the interview with Hilal. Hi, Hilal. How are you doing? Hi, Vera. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm doing really well. I'm really, really happy to have you here and I'm excited for our interview. I hope you're feeling comfortable. And I want to start with where are you right now geographically in the world? Where are you based? Geographically, uh, I am in Bahrain, which is a small island in the Middle East near Saudi Arabia and Iran. Um, I've been here for the last two months after being abroad for six years. Mm. And you're originally from there, right? Or am I... Um, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> <always been> <laughs> All right. <interesting> <laughs> <question>. <laughs> yeah, it's always been an interesting question throughout my life. So my mom is Palestinian and mm-hmm. my dad is um, Bedouin from the deserts of the Arabian Peninsula. Yeah. Um, I was born in Jordan okay. and I was raised here in Bahrain. So in a way I'm Bahraini, but in many other ways I'm not. Wow. How do you, yeah. okay, that's going to be a weird question. How would you, <laughs> <laughs> um, percentage wise, can you tell me how much do you feel belonging to particular nationality? Let's say I feel that I am maybe 80% Bulgarian because I originally come from Bulgaria. But I would say that even though I don't have like um, roots somewhere else, um, me living five years abroad have still changed some parts of my personality. Um, So I would say that maybe I'm something like 10% German and 10% question mark don't know how exactly to explain <laughs> yeah if you if you need to do this pie chart pie chart for yourself how would that look like oh i love that question i never really thought of it in a pie chart way so okay i would put jordanian maybe 35 or 30 percent mm. i would put bahraini 40 percent yeah 
I would put Tico or Costa Rican, uh, 15%. Great. We have 15 more. Yeah, we have. I was, <laughs> thank you, I, was <laughs> um, I would put Indian and Bedouin half and half in that 15%. So that's what, 7.5? Wow. Or, yeah. So colorful. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's very colorful. And I, it, honestly, this was always uh, something that challenged my inner world as a young boy, as a little boy. I always found it so confusing whenever someone asked me that question. Mm, yeah. Yeah, the question, where are you from, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well... I am really excited to be diving more into the topics of healing and what is inner child, what is shadow work, but I would like to first know a bit more of your story. Um, maybe in order for us to get to these topics, you can tell me a bit of your journey, where it started, when it had to take you from, and maybe how you ended up doing what you do right now. Yeah, let's dive right in. So <laughs> I would say my story started or let's say um, my spiritual awakening, which really what a spiritual awakening means or how I define it at least is understanding that you are a soul in physical form, in a physical mm. body um, and slowly understanding how that is separate. These two things are very separate. Your thoughts do not represent you your mm. nervous system, the way it's, it's wounded, the way you're programmed, the way your subconscious mind works is not who you really are. It's you as a soul that chose to come into a physical body, that chose to come to planet Earth to have a life. Yeah. That is like that awakening where you're uh, like all of a sudden you go through um, like multiple experiences or one uh, experience that awakens that reality for you, that shifts your entire perspective on who you are what your life has been about what your life is about and just allows you to also look at people differently and I think mm -hmm. usually people develop a lot of empathy for others when they have the spiritual awakening yeah. so that for me started in 2017 I've always been interested in the mystical world spirituality religion understanding what God is and what God is not. Yeah. That was always a um, topic of interest for me throughout my childhood and my teenage years, especially. But I would say my spiritual awakening happened the first time was in 2017, when I was still a college student in the US. Yeah. Um, and can I talk about psychedelics on your podcast? <laughs> yes, you definitely can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it happened um, after... Um, my first psychedelic experience with LSD um, when I was 21 or 22 mm -hmm. and it shifted my perspective and by by that time like I said I'd already been a bit into energy and spirituality I'd already been like researching but when I had that LSD experience it really shifted my entire perspective and that is when I researched even more my healing journey which I think comes hand in hand when you have a spiritual awakening because you start realizing you're a soul in a body mm. then you realize oh I'm not all the wounds that I've been carrying I'm not meant to have this trajectory of a wounded life 
and carry these wounds with me because so these, not, these not are in, not me. Yeah, not identifying yourself with I am this and this person because this has yeah. happened in my life. Mm, mm. Exactly, not identifying, exactly. I think that's also a big part of the spiritual awakening, right? Understanding what is ego and what is spirituality. And what happens usually when someone has a spiritual awakening is that the ego has been in the driver's seat for so long, but it should not be. Your heart should be in the driver's seat, which is the center of your soul, where your soul, uh, your heart is guiding your soul uh, through this physical body, through this physical vessel. So can we say that um, the ego is exactly the opposite of the heart? So you either make decisions from your ego or you're making decisions from the heart. Is it like an opposition or? Hmm. I think the ego has its place in time where we can depend on the ego to keep us safe because we're not ready to make certain leaps in our healing. We're not ready to overcome certain things uh, within our ego itself yeah. to make certain decisions or take certain actions in our lives. And we should never really force that on us because that can cause different consequences. So, but it is always, always worth it to ask if you want to know if you're making a decision from a place of mm. ego mm. or from your heart, it's always worth asking yourself, am I making this decision from a place of love for myself and or love for others? Or mm -hmm. am I making this decision or taking this action from a place of fear? Usually the ego will keep you in fear. The ego or your subconscious mm. mind will keep you in your comfort zone. Yeah. And well, when you have a spiritual yeah. awakening, you'll realize that this is what your ego has been doing, keeping you comfortable, keeping you um, sounding like a victim, being a victim in your own life story. Mm -hmm. And then you start realizing, hey, I can surpass parts of my ego. I can surpass parts of, the, the parts of me where the ego has been dictating my entire life. But now I can heal these parts of my ego because my ego is only trying to protect me. Another mm -hmm. word for the mm -hmm. ego, actually, we can use the term protective personality instead of the ego yeah, because many, mm. yeah, many people would hear ego and they would associate it negatively, but it shouldn't be associated negatively. It's part of the human experience, mm. but yeah. we should also recognize it's here to protect us. So if you've been experiencing trauma, if you've been, ex if been experiencing emotional wounds throughout your life, your ego will protect you. So it will keep you playing small. It will keep you playing the victim role in your own life. When you have a spiritual awakening, you realize you're more than the ego. And then you recognize which parts of my life does the ego fit in? Which parts of my life can the ego protect me and keep me safe? And which parts of my life my ego is holding me back, actually? Mm, yeah. Do you... So if we say that the spiritual awakening, and I loved how you described it, it sounds like so easy to just understand that you're a soul and you're not just your body and your thoughts and also understand that you are not a victim so to say of your thoughts and you can control them um i'm interested to know and it's a like probably weird question but is there how do you experience spiritual awakening like i know that for me and from like some of my friends and people around me um oftentimes it happens when you've had a um, like maybe a health issue, some kind of health issue, and you're struggling with that. 
Um, and I like that you also mentioned drugs because also psychedelic drugs um, get you closer to these experiences. Do you think, and maybe like based on your work, do you think there's something common that um, would pre not, not predict, but yeah, just predisposition you to have a spiritual awakening mm -hmm. or is it very individual for everyone? Mm, that's a brilliant question. Uh, you asked me what I've seen through the, the people I work with one-on-one, -on -one, as well as my social circles and my Yeah, 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 I, I think, think so. I see if there was a theme. Um, I do believe every spiritual awakening experience has, uh, is, is each person's own experience, however that looks like, right? But I do find some common commonalities. It's usually from a place of, being tired of your wounds being tired of carrying this heavy emotional burden mm. and starting to recognize how carrying all these wounds carrying this trauma carrying this emotional burden has been keeping you playing small has been keeping you in fear um, and has been keeping you maybe away from your potential or even from people from personal uh, personal relationships mm, yeah. i think that is when people start understanding that you know like i could be I, i'm starting to understand my potential i could step into yeah. my power more i have been living in fear but yeah that's usually how it how it goes a lot of the time people start opening their eyes and realizing that they've been living in a fear consciousness or a shame consciousness or guilt. Mm -hmm. And that is usually when it starts breaking down the ego and you start realizing that there was this thing holding you back mm -hmm. and that you're much greater than it. Yeah. It's so nice um, to be speaking about that because I, mm, first of all, going a couple of years back, I feel like I had this, huge resistance to the word spiritual awakening and I was thinking that like something very huge should happen as an event in my life that I don't know a lightning is striking me and then I realized this kind of a um, wisdom about the world and I wanted to normalize this term a bit because I feel like the more and more information there is out there, um, I feel like more and more people are starting to meditate, to be in touch with this kind of um, maybe a bit of an Eastern, maybe, I hope that's right, but Eastern type of um, living and um, believing in this world. And they are experiencing spiritual awakening little by little. And I don't think it needs to be this huge experience and this one time crazy thing. It could actually happen, um, I think, very um, moderate. And just with time, you start understanding more and more. And one thing that you can directly say about spiritual awakening is that you get very curious. You start asking a lot of questions mm. and you're like, wait, what? And um, yeah, can you resonate with what I'm saying? Or Definitely, 100%. It sounds as though you're saying spiritual awakening is the process of beginning to experience what religion calls God or what some people <laughs> call the universe. It's, mm -hmm. it's the experience yeah. of that. It's the experience of understanding there is something bigger and I'm a part of it. I'm not mm -hmm. separate from it. It's not judging me. It's actually doing everything to set me up, to guide me in this mm -hmm. lifetime. And that's when usually a lot of the time, 
um, people who are starting to have the spiritual awakening start seeing synchronicities in their lives. Someone says mm-hmm. something and then they hear that same thing repeated over and over for the rest yeah. of the week from different mm-hmm. people. They hear it in songs in the mall uh, when they hear it on the radio. Um, they start seeing numbers repeating over and over and they start realizing there's a power bigger than what I thought I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm a part of this. And so is everyone else. People are still waking up to it, though. So definitely I resonate with what you were saying. And yeah, to answer your question also, um, I believe it's so connected to healing because you start recognizing and seeing yourself objectively. Like you said, you start realizing that you're not yourself. Mm. And then you start questioning when you said you you have a lot of curiosity when you start your spiritual awakening definitely and a lot of this curiosity for me at least it's very internal it's very introspective it's Mm -hmm. very reflecting on my own life experiences what shaped me to be the person I am today um why did I react this way to certain experiences why did this word coming from this person trigger me and make me feel um, fear or vigilant or fear mm. or some, some emotion. Why did I experience that? What happened? And then you start looking into your childhood, et cetera, et cetera. So that aspect for me, the healing part for me started in 2018 or 2019, I believe. When I was still, again, a student uh, in college, I started realizing that I... Um, I hold myself back from achieving. I procrastinate a lot. I wasn't doing my best um, in in class. And I, I just always felt disconnected from people. So I went to, mm-hmm. and I, I guess now in retrospect, I would say maybe it was, um, I was on the borderline of depression, which a lot of college students go through, not to normalize it, of course. Um, So I went to the college counseling office. Um, There's a psychologist there and she gave me a test. Mm -hmm. And by then I was already interested as well in psychology, but I didn't really research much about it. I didn't really know, I guess, where to begin. So she gave me a test to fill out, like a form. Um, And at the end of that session, she told me that I have PTSD. And Mm then I was like, I've heard that with, people who go to war and come back, they have PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, which are uh, symptoms that you or someone experiences when they go through a stressful, traumatic experience. Mm. So I go home, I start researching and learning, again, that curiosity feeding me, researching and learning more about what PTSD is. And I realized that there are two types. There's PTSD, which can happen from a single event, like a car accident yeah. or complex PTSD, CPTSD. So this happens through a series of events. Usually that looks like abuse, for example. Um, so I realized that I have CPTSD. And from there, I started really taking the trauma that I experienced more seriously because I'd never done that before. I never had the resources, neither did I have the tools or the knowledge from the people around me, my family, the people I was, the community that I was raised in, nobody takes mental health seriously or emotional health seriously. 
Mm. And so when I started real- learning about these things, I learned how much baggage I'm carrying and how much of who I am today is a result, a direct result of all the coping patterns and mechanisms that I or my protective personality slash ego have developed to keep me safe, to keep myself safe, to keep me surviving the trauma I experienced and the life that I'm living, to keep me in survival mode. And that's when you realize, okay, I'm much bigger. I should dig into this more. I can heal myself. Um, And that's not, of course, to minimize the power of seeking healers, therapists, psychotherapists, etc. Of course not. Um, but that's when I started looking into healing, like researching more into different healing modalities, energy healing, more into spirituality, and all of these things, inner child, shadow work, all of that. Mm. All of these things help me um, heal, bring healing into my life, bring healing into my wounds, start yeah. letting go of wounds. And eventually it led me to, years later down the line, it led me to seek more brave opportunities, bigger opportunities, and step into my power, and eventually also start my own coaching and healing business to help people one-on-one. Wow. It's beautiful to see how things um, have developed. And I actually believe that it's a beautiful example how you can do healing yourself once you're um, first, it's good to know there are a lot of people out there that, that can help you through this journey. A lot of healers that are having different modalities. Modalities would mean just the way they're working with that. Um, and also you being curious and just examining, asking yourself all of these questions that you also just mentioned, like, okay, what has happened into my childhood? Are there particular moments that... Um, are very present in my life still? What are some emotions that I'm still holding on? I know that for a lot of people, when they they have had very, very painful experiences, they actually suppress these, so they have no memory of their childhood. So then it's maybe good to work with a professional, but I believe once you had this spiritual awakening, oftentimes you can feel very lost and not knowing where to start, not knowing what is happening. I have so many questions. Um, you realize a lot for your past. You have no idea for the future. And mm. that's why I brought you to the podcast. And I also so much appreciate your work because I feel like mm, exactly this work and supporting people in this phase is just so important because it could be very dark and it could be very um, scary to look within yourself because healing sounds very nice, <laughs> but it's mm. very, very hard um, and mm. process often. Definitely, 100% agree. It can be hard. It can be um, scary to go. To go. I, I realized I have this power of being very, very comfortable in the dark places of the human psyche. I'm very okay going into the dark places. And I think this is sort of, let's say, my superpower um, with the work that I do. I almost normalize it for my clients where they don't feel scared going in there. They feel like they always have a lifeline, which is self-love. I teach them self-love. That lifeline uh, they can hold on to as they go deeper into their psyche and understand and unravel different things. And however, not everyone is predisposed um, to doing that easily, right? As you said, it it can be hard for some people. Some people really... Again, that's your protective personality. That's your ego 
keeping you from going there because this shit hurts. Like mm-hmm. understanding how your parents might have messed up, even if they didn't give you trauma with a capital T, like some form of physical abuse, neglect, for example, is still a trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be very painful for someone to look back at their childhood and realize, you know, I've actually been neglected my entire childhood, even though my parents did everything to provide for me physically, mm-hmm. materialistically. They did everything, but they didn't, for example, um, provide for me emotionally. They didn't care for my emotional and mental health, right? Yeah. Some people don't want to go there, especially when it comes to family stuff. Some mm-hmm. people are not, don't handle these um, heavy emotions very easily. And I think that is when people like healers, coaches, mentors, therapists can step in and be that space, that safety, create that safe energy for anyone to dive deep and come back and unravel together with someone. Because in that connection with another human being who is witnessing your pain, who is witnessing the things you experience, that in and of itself is healing. Yeah. You don't have to always do much more just having a conversation removing unpacking the shame that comes around whatever trauma you experience unpacking the guilt or the pain Mm -hmm. with someone who's holding you in that safe energy that in and of itself is healing you don't have to um, spend hours on your on your journal journaling um, on how you felt back then Mm -hmm. or you don't have to sob on the floor crying as you connect with your inner child these are healing these things mm. are healing. When you're on the floor crying, connecting with your inner child, that's healing if you know how to pick yourself up and alchemize and transform that emotion. Yeah. That's healing if you can do it on your own. It's also healing to journal. It's a very powerful tool, healing tool to journal and it rewires your subconscious mind, definitely. Mm. But it's not, there isn't a specific way healing should look like. And so... Um, sometimes our ego will not even allow us to access certain emotions or certain memories because we're not ready to face these yet. And that's okay. We, that means we're not ready to release them. So why would we want to force ourselves to go back into something we're not ready to releasing, mm. to release? And that is why, for example, this is like a very um, going off topic here. But for example, there's been research how, about how talk therapy re-traumatizes people and patients because in talk therapy there isn't um, a space for healing or the therapist is not always um, taught or trained on how to bring practical healing into the session what -hmm. they're trained on is to bring out the memories bring out the stuff from the subconscious mind and help the client talk about these things but then the client goes home and realizes they're re-traumatizing themselves. They're reliving the memories. They relive their nervous system is now turned on all over again mm-hmm. without the healing part. And that is where energy healing comes in. That is where somatic healing, which is working with the body from the neck down to heal the nervous system. Because your painful emotions, this energy gets trapped in the body. And talk therapists aren't trained to work with energy and releasing this energy from the body Mm. so they're trained from the neck up if you think of the body they're trained to heal from the neck up but what about the rest of the body so for many people talk therapy re-traumatizes them and this is one of the reasons wow 
That's so interesting. And it makes so much sense now where you're talking about that. Um, I'm a dancer myself and I'm currently really interested in somatic um, healing and somatic experiences. And it's exactly what you said. And this was what also drawn me so much into this topic to um, think about the body as something that you can still heal through and you can also have processes through the body. But what I wanted to point out, and it was so beautiful that you said that, is that I think in a moment where, as you said, you had you have had some kind of traumatic or very painful childhood, oftentimes when you grow up or like a couple of years pass by, you really don't want to go back there. And you try to like just bury it and then continue with your life. And it's funny because in the back of your head, you know this is still going on and you know it's bothering you and you feel the need to unpack it but in the same because you don't know how to start there and because you know it's going to be very emotional and painful um you just put it back into the back of your head and you never open it again um mm. and that's why i found it's really important to speak about reaching out in these moments um to people you resonate with and knowing that you don't need to um be walking this path alone uh, of healing mm. just digging in a place where you don't know what's going to come up and no one is going to be there to 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 hold you and mm. because you already mentioned that um that you're coaching and you're healing people in maybe i'm assuming in a very similar situation where they have had some kind of spiritual awakening and they have understood or felt at least a lot of things that they are either holding them back or bringing up sadness or disconnection um i would be interested to know what are some first steps that you do once you um you say we're on a coaching call and i tell you hey hello i am feeling this kind of disconnect from the world and so many things like just bringing me down um and yeah how do you proceed working with people you mentioned inner child uh, maybe it's good to also define what that is um mm. yeah take me in the process yeah okay so one of the most fundamental questions i want to answer for myself as a practitioner is whether my client, the person I'm working with, has faith in something bigger or not. If they don't, that is the first thing I start helping them see in the world around them, in the universe around them. As we said before, another way we could define a spiritual awakening is the process of experiencing what religion calls God or what people call God. Mm. Experiencing and not just believing in God, experiencing God in every day, experiencing God within. That is also a big part of what a spiritual awakening or another way to define what a spiritual awakening is. And that for me is really important to understand where my client is in that aspect. So once we define that, um, one of the first tools I go to, to help someone overcome um, emotional difficulty or emotional burdens is helping them set up a daily practice or a daily routine where they show up for themselves because some, and that could look like giving them a journaling prompt to do every single day um, or journaling gratitude every single morning or yoga every single morning or meditation every single morning. A self-care act yeah. that brings healing to the nervous system, brings healing to the emotional and mental body 
So when we are able to show up for ourselves every single day to do this thing for ourselves, this one action or maybe even multiple action, my morning routine is like three, four different steps. Um, but it doesn't have to be that long. At least you shouldn't, you don't have to start with many steps. It could be just mm -hmm. like a gratitude journaling every morning. When we show up for ourselves every single morning and do that thing daily, this is building self-trust because all the emotional trauma that people carry, it strips them away from trusting themselves, from loving, truly loving and connecting with themselves inside. Okay, so the first thing I would do is helping them set up a daily practice because when we put a daily practice, an action they take every single morning or every single day at least, when we show up for ourselves and carry out that daily practice, we are building self-trust inside. And this self-trust leads to us building self-love. So it's important for us to start doing that, to start building self-trust, because when we carry trauma with us, when we carry emotional wounding, a lot of that created beliefs in our mind that we can't trust ourselves, we can't love ourselves, we're unlovable, and we don't, we're not worthy. Yeah. So we show up in the world in that way. We show up in our relationships, we show up with our external world, and we interact with the external world in a way that says, please validate me, please approve of me, please love me, please trust me, when we can't do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And of course, external validation, external approval, and seeking love from people outside of us, that is normal human needs. These are normal human needs, and that's okay to have. However, we have to first be able to fill our own cup of self-love, our own cup of self-validation before seeking it externally. Mm. So this daily practice, if you are wanting to begin healing your healing journey, create a simple task that you show up for yourself every single day and you do this thing every single day for yourself. Make it part of your morning routine or yeah, make it part of your daily practice. When you show up for yourself every single day, you will learn how to trust yourself because you will learn that, okay, I'm doing this for myself every single day, even when it wasn't always easy. I still showed up for myself. Yeah. This automatically builds self-trust, which builds more self-love within. And it's extremely, extremely healing. So these are the first steps that I go into when I start working with someone one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Thank you for mapping these out. I think that's very good. Um, start, even if just as an understanding, because... I feel like a lot of people are speaking right now to creating a morning routine, meditate in the morning, do yoga, um, but understanding how this kind of showing up for yourself, in the, no matter if you do it in the morning, I guess, but mm. just creating space for yourself somewhere in the day and um, being very true to your promises. And as you said, like start very small, start with only one thing. Um, it builds this kind of self-trust, then, which then leads to self-love. Um, Absolutely. I a lot really... of people, like you said. Sorry, no, go ahead. Like you mentioned, a lot of people are talking about how important discipline and morning routine is to, for, let's say, your mental health or performance. Mm. But we, we don't understand, we don't always understand or have awareness around how emotionally healing it can be because it builds self trust. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I have a very hard question probably, but you said that one of the first things that you uh, ask them to do is to find um, God, as you, as you said, every day or universe or some kind of like a bigger um, source, power, whatever. Everyone, I think, names, names it in a different way. What is a small step that you can do to, to see that every day? In my own personal life, one way I approach this is understanding what did I, what value or insight or learning did I gain from whatever experience I had, whether it's with a specific person or with through um, a situation or an experience that I had in life. And so when I talk about this with my clients, I explain to them the concept of soul contracts, which no. are agreements that agreement, soul contracts are agreements that we create with other souls or even with, uh, within our own soul path, our own life journey. We agree on these things before we come into our physical body. Yeah. So when we're still in the spiritual realm, when we're still energy, not physical body, we agree on, so you and I have an agreement that we're going to record a podcast. We had an agreement that we would meet in a business accelerator program mm. and that we would have a podcast one day at some point, a year after our, uh, when we first meet. Maybe we even have different collaborations, hopefully in the future, I hope. Yeah. Um, how, and these, for example, I had an agreement to be born in Jordan and then come live and grow up in Bahrain. And I had an agreement to have such a diverse upbringing of different cultures in my own family because mm. that possibly allows me to understand the valuable lesson of what it means to find home within. Mm. So when you are able to zoom out that much and recognize your soul agreements with people and with places, with experiences, and recognize what valuable lessons these are bringing to your own growth as a soul, as a being, as a physical human being, then you are able to recognize that there is a much higher power and that you are a part of it and not separate from it. Yeah. And that is when we start experiencing the universe or experiencing God and synchronicity. I love that. Maybe to put it in simple words or how I understood it is finding meaning behind the things that happen, finding like the bigger, maybe connecting the dots if you're looking back and seeing, okay, if this one thing didn't happen, then I wouldn't have learned this lesson which wouldn't have then led me to a whole nother thing and um maybe i feel inspired to share that um on the topic of soul contract let's say i found such a great movie that explains this in a, such an easy way it's called soul and it's an animation movie mm. and it's just like when i watched it i was just i don't know um at the same time happy and just pouring in tears because it's mm. it was so beautifully explained something so big something that we oftentimes don't grasp exactly to to mm. explain uh so if you haven't watched that um watch so it's a beautiful movie definitely and by the way vera that the way you put it very simply which is finding meaning in our experiences yeah. that is such a beautiful and very simple way to explain the, the entire concept of what I just explained as well. Yeah. I honestly couldn't have said it simpler. So definitely finding meaning is 
what it means to have faith that mm. everything is working out the way it should. Yeah. And that that helps us release resistance, release a bit of fear even. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I would love to talk about before we end the podcast is inner child. I feel like when it comes to, to therapy, when it comes to healing, the inner child is something that um, many of us as a term maybe have heard a lot, but I would be really curious. I know you work with the inner child a lot, so I would mm. love to hear from you how you would describe it and also what kind of practice um, can you create for yourself accepting and working mm. with your inner child? Mm, definitely. I think that's a very, um, it's working with the inner child has been very transformative for myself as well as the people that I work with one-on-one. Mm. So to put it simply, the inner child is the part of you, and this is a psychological phenomenon. So it's the psychological part of you who is still that eight-year-old little boy or little girl who experienced something, not always big T trauma, not mm -hmm. extremely, not always, it doesn't always have to be extremely traumatic. It can be someone walking away from you when you really needed them. It can be um, you being in the supermarket with your mother and you're crying for a piece of candy and your mother threatening to leave you in the supermarket if you don't stop crying. And then she starts walking away. That is not something that anyone would look at and be like, that is extremely traumatic, but it is for your child version, for the child psychology, it's traumatic yeah. because you're watching your caregiver walk away. So that aspect of you who is still eight year, years old crying in the supermarket felt abandoned at that time. So that created an abandonment wound, whether that's a big abandonment wound for the rest of your life or not, that's a different story, mm. but it created an abandon, abandonment wound or pain. So that part of you is still in your psychology is still in your subconscious and it's a part of you that little boy or girl is still a part of you mm. so when we look at our entire childhood we've been abandoned multiple times many of us I'm sure have been abandoned multiple times have been neglected have been treated with injustice treated unfairly mm. um, have been rejected many many different times right and these could could have been small experiences that we don't recognize as trauma, but they were traumatic. Mm -hmm. So working with the inner child is accessing that part of you who feels rejected. For example, when your friend decides to go out with someone else instead of uh, canceling plans and going out and creating different plans without you, for example. You feel rejected and abandoned as a 25, 26-year-old, right? Mm. That pain, oftentimes as adults, we go like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'll just get over it. It bothers me right now. But this is really deep pain because it's triggering something that happened in your childhood. And the inner child, what that inner child needs, more often than not, your inner child needs validation and acknowledgement so it needs you your inner child needs you to acknowledge the pain that they felt at that time mm. so what this practically looks like is when you feel yourself triggered you can ask yourself what 
in my childhood does this remind me of? When did I feel this way in my childhood? And then you start slowly accessing memories that maybe you didn't really think of. And your subconscious mind gives you what you're ready to handle and release. Yeah. So sometimes that can come in your, in your meditation. So you can sit quietly and it doesn't have to be meditation as in a big subject or booking 30 minutes of your day. Oh. It doesn't have to be. It can be just sitting quietly, closing your eyes and recognizing what emotion is being triggered by the, experiencing your, the experience you are having and asking yourself, what age might what is the age of the inner child who is triggered right now mm. and maybe you will get a number you will hear a number you will see a number you will feel a number you will know that okay it's my nine-year-old self so you go back to your nine-year-old self and you you're closing your eyes right now and you're imagining your nine-year-old self and usually a scene would start forming, especially if your eyes are closed and you're kind of meditating on this, a scene would start forming and you would find the memory that connects to that pain. Yeah. And that is when you, as an adult, you imagine this and it's all visualization, which is a very powerful energy healing tool. So you visualize as the adult, you're approaching your inner child slowly, very safely, because sometimes they might not want to talk to you even because, and this happened before it happened with me where my inner child didn't want to talk to me because I ignored my inner child for so long. So of course this inner child doesn't trust anyone, yeah. especially me because I was part of, I was part of the people who ignored him. Hmm. So I closed my eyes, start approaching my inner child slowly. And I would imagine him as the child he was back then. Right. And I would slowly go to him. I would kneel down. I would get to his eye level and I would hold my hand out. I would say, hello. I would say, I see that you're feeling pain right now. I see how you're feeling rejected. I see how you're feeling abandoned. I see how you want to feel safe. I see how you don't feel safe right now. I see how all you need and asking them, asking them what they need, asking them what would help is, super powerful yeah. so sometimes what they need is like i said just validation or acknowledging their pain sometimes what they need is to go out and play sometimes what they need is a hug or reminding them that they are safe with you and that you will never abandon them again this is what the inner child is so to wrap it up the inner child is the part of you who is still stuck in a childhood painful memory Mm. who never got the validation and the acknowledgement that they needed at that time to feel safe. Mm. And you can bring healing simply by acknowledging them, by asking them what they need and reminding them that you will never abandon them again. Wow. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, a couple of days ago, I saw this quote somewhere on the internet that was like, uh, similar to give yourself the love you didn't receive when you were a child. And this hit so on spot for me um, and everything that you're saying, my experience with inner child was that um, as a part of a coaching program I was doing, we had like a whole week that was dedicated on the past and apparently, and I had no idea about that um, in my head back then I thought, Oh, I had a very um, 
joyful and fun childhood and I was very loved by my parents but within these meditations I actually met my 12 year old self that was very rejected and feeling alone mm. and it was such a powerful experience when I just gave a hug to my inner child and accepted all of this pain that she was feeling and I didn't even mm. remember that um, and yeah I think it's definitely so important even first, just the awareness of that, knowing that no matter what kind of childhood you had, there are particular wounds or things that have impacted your life. And first, the awareness of that, knowing, okay, something has happened. Maybe I feel more um, when someone rejects me, for example, right now uh, mm -hmm. in my life, I feel very, very, like I, I just experience it so deeply. Like it's the worst thing mm -hmm. in the world. Um, mm -hmm. I see how I become a people pleaser sometimes because I didn't want this to happen. And you just start understanding yourself more, I guess. So yeah, just thank you for ex explaining Absolutely. this in such a beautiful way. Absolutely. It always starts by asking ourselves when we feel triggered as adults, when something happens and we feel this pain, mm. even if you don't realize how deep the pain is, it's worth asking yourself, when did I feel this pain as a child? And that's when you start accessing your inner child more and more and building that connection with your inner child, where at some point, if you are consistently connecting with your inner child throughout your daily life, at any time you're triggered, you know immediately what to do to feel uh, to help your inner child feel safe and feel comforted and that mm -hmm. you're not leaving them, you're here for them. It yeah. starts becoming sort of like a healing go-to mechanism. Yeah, so true. I really love how you are putting these topics that I would say are very complex, at least for me, and very hard to grasp in words that really resonate with me. And I hope it's the same with the listeners. And to be honest, I like I really so. want to talk with you also more on nature and its healing powers, manifestation, what exactly this is. But I think I would leave that for another episode that we can record in some time from now. And I wanted absolutely. To, I wanted to edit uh, to end the podcast on a heart again question: um, Can mm. we be fully <laughs> healed? Hmm. And what would that mean? What would that mean to be fully healed? Wow, you know. I can't say anything more than you define that for yourself. <laughs> Nobody can define that for you, honestly. You define it for yourself, whether you're fully healed. I think you are much more healed when you start recognizing that you lived with so many limiting beliefs about who you are and what you're mm -hmm. capable of and how loved you are and can be. Yeah. When you start recognizing that I'm lovable, I'm capable, I am safe, mm. these three core beliefs, if you're able to fully believe them and embody them more often than not, then you're much more healed than you ever want to be, than you ever were. And I don't think anyone, well, for me, I'll speak for myself as well. I can't dictate for people. Mm. I never have uh, a goal for my healing. I never have a, oh, by the age of 30, I want to be fully <laughs> healed. There's no such thing. Because life will keep throwing experiences at us. And again, it's up to us to find meaning, to zoom out and recognize that, okay, this is helping me learn this valuable lesson, gain this skill or this competence. Mm. 
yeah. right? And be able to contribute and be off service in this way because I had this painful experience. So life will never always be full of joy, full of mm-hmm. happiness. It will be many times, but also it has the contrast, right? Mm-hmm. It has the painful experiences, the, the, the hurt that we experience. And that, again, is part of the human experience and we should embrace it. There isn't a destination we have to get to. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Where can people find you? Where can they find more about your work? You can find me on Instagram, healing.with.hilal. And that is where you will find more of my content. I am always creating content to help people. Um, even if you're not working with me one-on-one, I'm always doing my best to put content that is still mm. helpful for people to learn very practical tips, very fast tips to yeah. begin their healing journey and to step more into their self-love. Mm. I can agree on that. That's true. And I've learned a lot of things and just have opened up to these topics um, a lot. Thank you. From Thank you, you so showing much. up with stories and just explaining that. Is there anything Thank you so that, much. Uh, is there anything I didn't ask you or you wanted to share? Um, honestly, there's much more we can go into as two practitioners who have been working in this industry for such a long time and working on our own inner journey. There's so much we can talk about, right? True. <laughs> so I think I feel content leaving it where we are right now. Yeah. I'll be... Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciated this opportunity to get to share and to co-create this collaboration with you. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving me your time uh, and sharing all of your learnings with us. Um, I believe it was very helpful. And to be really honest, I just think I'm going to see you very soon again here on the podcast. So <laughs> I guess see you soon. I hope so. I would love that. <laughs> I would love it. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode with Hilal and that you feel more clarity on these complex topics, that maybe you recognized yourself in some of that, or you at least have some actionable steps how to start your journey of self-healing, how to tap a bit more in this topic and really find your soul and this understanding. As a reminder, in the end of the podcast, I would like to say that um, As a reminder, in the end of the podcast, I would like to tell you that Hilal is actively signing up one-on-one clients and he works with different modalities outside of coaching. And I am also happy to work with any one of you that wants to create more clarity around their authentic self, how to express this more into the world and develop their idea. So if you feel the call, reach out to me, find Hilal on Instagram at uh, healing.wit.hilal. And I'll be really, really happy to see you in our next episode. Mwah.